In this episode of Call to Marriage, we close out our PCS 101 series with a bonus episode with my friend Bianca Woolwick from the Please Don't Kick Me Out podcast, a podcast about imposter syndrome. In this episode, we talk about her Oconus PCS to Hawaii, what she did to prepare for it, what went into it, the planning, and so much more. This is such a great episode, and I'm so excited to share this resource with you guys. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences that I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alrighty, and then I'll just introduce you and then we'll get going. Mm-hmm. Hello, welcome back to Call to Marriage. Surprise, we are doing a bonus episode to close out our PCS 101 series because we could not talk about PCSing without talking about OCONUS PCSing, which is outside of the continental United States. And to do this, I have brought back my friend Bianca, who is from the Please Don't Kick Me Out podcast, a podcast about imposter syndrome. So Bianca, if you want to introduce yourself to people who maybe haven't met you yet or reintroduce yourself to the people that have, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, I wish it was under better circumstances. PCSing <laughs> is a nightmare. No matter where you're going. Um, my name is Bianca Woolwick. As Callie said, I host a podcast about imposter syndrome, which is the feeling of not fitting in or being found out to be a fraud. Uh, I find that it's very prevalent among our military spouse community, mm-hmm. which is actually how Callie and I met. Um, I'm sure she'll link in the old episode and I definitely have had Callie on my podcast as well. So please check that out. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't hurt to collaborate. So feel free to reach out to me. Uh, however, my husband, so like the backstory on me is my husband last year was deployed in a pan deployment um, and was gone about 251 days. Um, but in general, I was pretty much for myself, but we picked our orders. Um, so just a more background for your listeners. I'm a Navy spouse, an officer, Navy spouse. My husband's a Mustang. So he's been prior enlisted and he's been in for 15 years, going on 16 so we got a chance to pick orders, but as soon as that happened, you know, the pandemic happened and mm-hmm. all that. So um, our options weren't great, really, because, you know, he's going from sea tour, but uh, he, he's been stationed in Hawaii before. So that's where we're heading. And I'm currently TDY. If your listeners don't know what that is, it's just um, my husband's at the Naval War College right now for a course. And we're here for five weeks. 20 days left out. I just counted this morning and <laughs> then I will be flying. Um, we'll be flying out to Hawaii and, uh, because it's a pandemic, everything's changing. It's very weird. I can't keep my head on straight. And I'm, <laughs> I texted you today and I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm in the clear. So I'm sure you have a lot of questions for me, Callie. So take it away. <laughs> yes. And just to also clarify, TDY stands for temporary duty. So it's like, if you're going to a class, you're going somewhere 
temporarily. I kind of call them like military business work trips because Mm -hmm. they're not like a full deployment. They're for a period of time. Sometimes you can go with your spouse. It really just depends on the circumstances. So I just preface that you can't. Uh, Well, I'm technically, I'm on the orders, but I'm technically, he's technically unaccompanied. So as as far as the military sees me right now is I live in San Diego. So Mm. Um, so, so we paid for my ticket out of pocket and a lot of the people in his class are like these higher up people. And they're like, man, I wish my wife was here, but of course they have kids and, and that's yeah. complicated. Um, it just didn't make sense for me to stay for five extra weeks in San Diego. Um, when the house is already rented out and all of my crap is already left in the building and it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm here in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, it's gorgeous as we're talking, uh, you were saying it's a hot day and it's, it's been like record heat across the United States. So, um, I personally am just sitting comfortably in this Airbnb that was like built in like 1800s. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I know I see on, uh, she's been posting things here and there on her Instagram with her and her adorable little dog sitting out on the balcony. And it just makes me so jealous because it looks just so nice. (laughs) It's so nice. And like, everyone's so nice here. And I think like something, um, that's something that I've kind of realized PCSing. This is my second PCS. Um, so my first one was from Denver where I met my husband, where he was on a joint billet with Buckley Air Force Base um, for communications. That one was the beginning of 2019 and he had two TDYs. So he had one in Virginia Beach and I said, no, I refuse to go there. And then he had one in Pensacola in the first six weeks. And so I was with him for those six weeks because the option of like staying with my parents or right. like blowing my brains out go to Pensacola seemed a little bit more logical. So I moved um, down there with him for those six weeks. And I will say that doing this one, um, it's on hard mode. A lot of people right now are very upset because of the way the PCSing structure is heading, the way that the pandemic has kind of thrown a wrench into things. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people um, get really angry in some of the groups that I'm in. Um, I had to leave the San Diego officer group because officer spouses group because people were just so mean. And I was like, man, is this just like how it was like, or have I been gaslit for two years thinking that this is normal? Um, So coming out here, it's a different speed of pace. Um, It's more of an island kind of feeling. Um, Mm. The Naval War College is out here. My husband actually uh, commissioned out here um, before he met me. So it's just been interesting kind of getting our footing. Um, But we're also kind of like Callie doing a reintegration still. Like, yes, he's back from a deployment. He came back the 23rd of May. Um, and so he was gone 251 days. And so his pandemic is different than mine, but then we're also drinking out of a fire hose because it's not just, oh, you're coming back. Like let's reintegrate. It's like, you're coming back, but we don't have time for that. We have to like, go, go, go. So the timeline we had was he came back the 23rd. He checked out of the command already. Um, and so he had to do that. We moved him off the ship. Um, and then we just kind of, there was a furniture we wanted to get rid of and I had everything scheduled to a T. So I pretty much went from having no idea how to PCS to having to do this completely on my own. I I basically had to carry the ball to the end zone and every single thing because the ship internet wasn't good enough for scheduling things that we needed. So I was used to basically being the problem solver um, while he was gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you touched on something too, is that it is difficult and it is challenging and it, it, it can be quite inconveniencing, but I think there was a lot of power too, in that you were able to do mm-hmm. so much to prepare for this PCS. And so I'd love to, 
to focus on what you were able to do and, and how you were able to do it and what went into that preparation. Because I feel like, at least when we were talking, like there was a lot of prep work that started well right. in advance to you, you know, actually leaving San Diego and, and doing, doing the thing. Right? right. And so when you were working up to this, this Oconus PCS, first of all, I want to know is what was different in your preparation between a CONUS versus an OCONUS PCS? Yeah, the difference, I mean, my husband pretty much took the ball and ran with it because it, he'd been doing these, these, this is, this will be his sixth or seventh duty station at this point. Mm. Um, and for us, uh, he did a lot of the preparation on that, on that back end going and you know, it was just going from Denver to San Diego, um, which, you know, seems like child's play in comparison to, and I know that Hawaii is not that challenging, but it's still overseas and yeah. it's still, it's still an issue. And like when you add a pandemic on top of it, it's a lot. So basically we own our house. We've owned our house since September of 2019. Um, that's the one gift my old job gave me was free title and escrow. So we ended up using our VA loan and we have our house and it doesn't make sense in California. There's a saying of like house rich. Um, you want to kind of appreciate like you, like there's no reason to sell your house in California if you're able to purchase one. So we love our house. We eventually want to come back and retire one day. So I ended up because I used to work in real estate, I, or the real estate industry, I should say, as a marketing director, I actually knew a, a property management company that was veteran owned and veteran led. Um, and my friend Monique worked there. And so I met her through my previous job and they had an 8% management fee. So I, so I set that up so that way we could get it rented out. It rented out in one single day, mm -hmm. which was pretty insane. Cause that's San yeah. Diego in a nutshell. Yeah. Just prepare yourself for that. You're probably going to rent something sighted unseen. That's San Diego in a nutshell. Sorry, not sorry. Like we can't do anything about it. <laughs> so, uh, so I got that and then he really wanted to bring his car out, but I did all the research just in case we decided to sell his car. Um, cause his car is extremely impractical. We have jokes about it, but at the end of the day, we had to pay for one car out of pocket and one car goes with the move. So my car, my Mazda CX-3, that's what went with the move. And you have to do certain things in order for that to work out too. So I did the car research and I, you know, found him two options. We could do Carvana, sell your car and you could buy whatever you want on the island. I really thought he was going to go for that. Or we can drive it up to Long Beach, say goodbye to your parents and, you know, put that car on the thing. So that was the whole thing. You have to get them detailed before you do that. Um, that movers, I had to do a virtual appointment with the movers. So, um, the movers we had was a derivative of, I want to say North American. And mm -hmm. I had to do a, a virtual pack out. And the guy was like, you are very, very organized. I said, well, I don't know how, I mean, I'm like imposters and they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm organized. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm drinking out of fire hose is what I'm doing. But the biggest piece and the hardest piece and the piece that actually is the most frustrating is getting an animal to mm -hmm. the island. So uh, that started, my dog is just turned one year old and I had to get him microchipped and I had to have two rabies shots, a Faven test, which is a titters to see if there's enough blood, but there's different levels of like period levels of time over time for these certain things. And then you have to have a certain kind of flea and tick medication. You also have to get a health certificate it's a lot. And yeah. Hawaii is already on Aloha time. So we're on Hawaii's time frame anyway. So I think like last week I texted you and I was like, I find they finally said that they had the paperwork after what? It, it felt like months January. almost. Yeah. yeah. And now it's July almost. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of something that was really frustrating because 
you're trying to stay organized and then you have like either another country or um, uh, something else that's in the way. And so my best advice to anyone who is starting out an Oconus move is if you're planning on getting a dog there, or if you're thinking about getting a dog, just in general, animals of any variety, just in general, consider whether or not that animal can go in the cabin with you in flight, because there's also not, they're not flying a lot of animals in below in cargo right now. So that complicates your move too. Yeah. I think to highlight a lot of what you said is you can't prepare for an oak, a conus move very easily. If you wait a long time to get these things together, it's something that you need to have a game plan for in advance. And there is always the, the possibility that you find out last minute you're going Oconus. I've heard exactly. the stories of it. I've heard it happen. I've known people that it's happened to, but at the same time, there are things that you can do to sort of prepare, or at least have a game plan for on the off chance that you do, because it, it does, it's very difficult, especially if you have an animal in the mix, because yeah. you do have to get that, that bill of health. You do have to get certain vaccinations. You do have to have certain things. Yep. You do have to pay. I know a lot of times to, to take them, especially if they're cargo. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so we're, so there's only two airlines that fly, uh, pets in cabin, and that changes all the time, but there's also, um, not sure if your listeners know this, but there's also cargo, um, won't allow certain things like won't allow at certain times of the year pets to fly in cabins. So I'm in this military PCS pets group and the horror stories I'm reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have it easy going to Hawaii. So if your listeners were in the middle of an Oconus move or they were thinking about it, the best advice I could give them is to one, have all your vaccinations up to date, Mm -hmm. keep meticulous records for your animals. But then also on that same vein, like if you think that it's a possibility to either go to Guam or overseas in some way, the Faven test is pretty much um, a given for all of those. So because Bourdain has his Faven tethers test and it's available it's it's good through one year you might as well just have it on the back end it's really not that expensive I think in total I paid about 200 bucks mm-hmm. and um Kansas State basically is, is the lab that we used and my vet sent it to Kansas State and once they have it, it takes about 60 days to process it you can also um pay for an expedited but you know I didn't need it so you know once it's once it's in the system um it's shot out to every single agricultural district um in like the British Virgin Islands that kind of area I can't really off the top of my head recall but basically that's an indication that yes this animal can come in here so it's, yeah. it's on file. It's just, then mm-hmm. you have to deal with the state of Hawaii and kind of send them their direct release program. Cause there's a quarantine and um, contrary to popular belief, no longer do they do a uh, 120 day quarantine. There is a thing called the direct release program. Um, but again, COVID complicates things because you still have to, if you're flying into Hawaii as of you know, recently, I don't know what it's going to be like in 20 days when I fly, but you have to have a basically QR code that says that your COVID test is, you know, positive or negative. And then that determines your quarantine and this, that, and the other. But as the vaccinations are changing on a dime, so are the rules. And Mm -hmm. that's the scary part for everyone. Right. Cause you don't, you can't plan if you don't know. Yeah. Yes. And you have to fly in before, and you have to keep in mind too, Aloha time. And when I say aloha time, I'm not being offensive. It's just island time is very like easygoing, laid back. And if you're not used to it, like they will not follow the rules. Like, mm-hmm. like they'll be like, it's three. Like, let's, let's close. They don't care. 
So you got to prepare. So plan, plan again, plan again on top of that, and then hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind too, there, there's, there can be cultural differences to where you're moving different ways that they operate, different yep. things like that. And so I think, especially for Oconus moves, and if you've only ever lived continental United States, I think sometimes we tend to be very much so in our own culture and in our own way of preparing for things. And that, especially if you are doing an Oconus move, being aware of those differences will help you in the long run to just be prepared for what you might encounter, the different personalities you might encounter, what works in your brain doesn't work in someone else's brain. And I think, I mean, that's just the way life should be in general is you just being cognizant and aware that people are different and things are different. And different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. But especially if you're moving, just keeping that in mind, because at least for me, I know I tend to get frustrated so easily if things aren't in my control and in my way that I want them to be. So being cognizant, Ellie, I'm aware of that in myself <laughs> and I actively work towards being better about it, but especially just with, with Hawaii time and Hen Oh yeah. Work. That's, that's extremely good advice because like, I mean, it's kind of the way I travel as well. Like I never mm-hmm. want to be the, an a-hole. Like I never want to be like, a like it, it, this is just my personal opinion, but nothing's worse than looking like an idiot American. Yeah. Like that is, and so kind of, if you're willing to learn the culture, if you're willing to have a genuine, if you have a genuine appreciation for things, um, that it will serve you really well. A lot of the times I've seen some people be just be so negative at their duty stations and stuff, you know, like, oh, like, and I didn't really, it didn't click for me until I left San Diego that I was like, oh, wait, like, I get what they're saying now. I get why they missed the East Coast. I understand why San Diego was so frustrating for them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people, you know, there's complainers everywhere. Some of the chief complaints I've seen for Hawaii include like, oh, like they don't have this store. Or I'm missing this. And, you know, keep in mind you're on an Island. So yeah. you're at the mercy of that. But, um, you know, people have warned me about multiple things in Hawaii, like, you know, centipedes and, oh God, flying cockroach, just, just mm-hmm. terrifying and like not helpful, very terrifying. And something that I've kind of realized about myself personally is that like, I don't need anyone to tell me how they're like, I have to do it myself. Like it's helpful. And I think this is something I texted you where it's like, it's helpful. Thank you. Like, I appreciate that. I know you're trying mm-hmm. to like my best interests and stuff, but like, this is a like, everyone's move is different. You can yeah. just kind of take bits and pieces, but as long as you stay organized, you're going to be able to do just fine. And, you know, we we're, I think we've got like one or two things left um, that we deal with. But uh, we finally got the hotel. Um, we're staying at the uh, Holiday Inn Express in Waikiki, just off of Waikiki, I want to say, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they just re, um, redid everything. And we ended up getting free breakfast out of the deal, free parking, like all amenities. Bourdain gets to just like be like a big man on campus. That's my dog. He's <laughs> a little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Um, but once you kind of get those key pieces like in place, it's good. And then also keep in mind too, if you're doing Oconus, you're going to have TLA um, or COLA, like, you know, which is like basically cost of living allowance. um, That's going to help kind of offset some of those costs, but you're, you're up, you're allowed up to 60 days within a hotel. So we have a hotel book from mid July until uh, August, I want to say for through the end of the month. And then there is a housing shortage in Hawaii, Hawaii currently. And so something that we're kind of, we're, we have a lot of friends who have either been stationed there or already currently there. So they're kind of being like our little mafia on the ground, trying to find us places to live. But 
unlike San Diego, where we had no time, we had about nine days, we have 60, right? So we yeah. have the, the, the military will pay for up to 60 for at least the Navy. I'm not sure if that's across the board, mm-hmm. but yeah. at least the Navy will give you 60 days. And so it's like, we have the time to find the right area and the right thing. And because my husband's been stationed in Hawaii before I've visited Hawaii and because I love most of my friends are Hawaiian and or Filipino or Pacific Islander descent, I'm very excited because it's my speed of things. So people keep asking me like, oh, are you excited? And I, and I keep telling people like, let me just get there first. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, 20 days. Now I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm getting more excited. Like there there's things that are going to be harder for sure. Like, you know, my parents are getting older and that's going to be tough, but Mm -hmm. airplanes exist and hopefully things keep changing and going positively the way that they're going. And maybe we'll have a new normal. Who knows? Yeah, no, definitely. And so as you were, because you mentioned that on the preparation side and now that you're having things. So obviously, you know, you're not taking everything with you on the plane. No. Like you can't, you know, ship your furniture in the cargo bay or whatever. And so I would love for you to kind of explain to people how moving your HHD, your household goods, what that looked like for you guys and, and what you expect on, you know, once you're on the island with that shipment. Right. So when you're doing an O'Connor's move, they're a lot nicer to your stuff um, <laughs> in, the, in terms of, and I'm that, the, let me preface by saying like asterisk, not every time. So the, they brought our stuff out, put it in the crate and they have to measure it and weigh it. And they'll tell you exactly how much is in there. And then anything high value as kind of, maybe if, if your listeners have never done this, um, I do have a pro tip for your listeners because I just had a friend do a not O'Connor's move and a Connor's move like across like the state. So she went from San Diego to Virginia and it was her first one ever. And she, all of their furniture is broken. Like we don't know what they did, but they didn't take anything apart. So pro tip for your listeners, for anyone PCSing is it's a good company and a good contract. If they take apart things, it's going to feel weird. You're going to ask them not to do it. Here's why you want them to do that. They need to take the legs off of things. They need to wrap things correctly. And the reason why is because what happened to my friend was they refused. She didn't know she could, she didn't know that was a thing. She never called me. She should have called me. She's my dog trainer, Emily. She should have called me. She never did. So it's, it's okay. Like that was something they didn't know what they didn't know, but with household goods, you as like, 99% of the time, if there's something wrong or if there's something like broken, you can make a claim and typically they just will just pay it out. They don't want to deal with it. They'll pay it out because the government contract is good money. So they don't want to deal with it. So they'll just pay it out. Um, Tips for your listeners is take photos of everything. Make sure you have a lay of the land. Make sure that the high value items are accounted for. All of that. Now, what that's going to look like for us is they came, the movers came the day after my birthday, June 10th, and they took all the stuff and they were there they got there at eight and they left at three and it was emotional, you know, like that's your whole life and it's going overseas. And especially my Peloton bike, like that's when I lost my shit. I was like, <laughs> ah, don't take my bike. Um, but that's okay. Cause I met two people on the airplane who have Peloton. So it's fine. Um, but you know, like just keeping an eye, keeping in mind. And then also like, this is just maybe me, but I'm not sentimentally attached to things. So I kept behind just enough clothing that I knew would translate well onto the island. 
and I kind of dressed like Rick Steves meets Miss Frizzle. So like most of it's Disney mm-hmm. and I knew it was going to be pride month. So I had some pride stuff. Cause I knew there was gonna be some recording stuff that I would need to be doing. And, um, everything else. I was like, eh, don't really need it. So I have my podcasting stuff with me, which is my microphone and my headphones. I have, um, I didn't bring any, well, I actually had to, my bag was actually three, three pounds over the limit just to get over here. And they charged me for it, which by the way, they shouldn't have, cause I'm technically on orders. And they said my orders were fake. That was oh my God. Yeah. Um, technically, but not technically, uh, that was Southwest. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they did, they did refund me. They refunded me for everything, which was really nice of them. But, uh, so for me, like I see all these posts kind of Callie, maybe this is what you're hinting at was all these posts of people with these gigantic totes. And I don't understand it. It doesn't mean you're wrong to do it. I just don't get it because Scott and I are of the vein of one, the first time we PCS, it was different. I was making maybe $250 a paycheck. I was working for free to get my portfolio up just so I could get a good job in San Diego. So we, money was a lot more tight and the military was not really willing to pay us out for certain things at the time. And it was just kind of a pain in the butt. It's a different PCS with Oconus. And because Scott's at the Naval War College, we're getting everything paid out as we're paying for it because he can just walk it into the office and drop it off and get reimbursed. So we have a different level of money this time around and we are in a different financial place. So for us, it makes more sense to just, if we need something, let's just buy it again. Mm -hmm. Now, not everyone can do that. And we know that, but for us some peace of mind is, okay, like I'm not going to bring a full size product. I'll just buy it when we get there. So that's kind of how we're treating it. So our stuff will be on the Island. Um, and it's, it should be getting there around the 6th of July and then they'll just hold on to it until we find a place. And then that's when they'll, they'll deliver it. Yeah. Cause they'll move it to a storage facility, yes. Yes. right? On, yeah. on a base. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so your stuff goes ahead of you and depending on where you're going depends on how far yeah. in advance that goes. And same thing with your car. It's, it gets put on yeah. a boat, you know, and that's why it has to be you know, detailed before right. and, and empty and no gas in it and all these different mm-hmm. things. Um, but so that goes ahead of you. Cause I know some yeah. people were, were very curious about, okay, oh, so I, I move myself, but where does my mm-hmm. stuff go? And it right. is, they, they, they pack it up in, in these big crates and it gets put on a, a shipping container or, or however they, they move it and it goes. Right. So may I offer, so because we are doing two cars, people ask this question quite a bit. So I want to just answer it. We paid out of pocket for my husband's car. Now here's the, here's the loophole. Here's the weirdness. So his car will get there the the 7th of July, but because we paid Pasha, which is a company that like lets us ship his car out, you know, it was probably like one grand or whatever. I'm still bitter. I wanted him to sell the car, but whatever. Um, it will get to the island before we do, but then they'll charge a $25 a day fee. So 25 times 10, right? Mm-hmm. That's 10 days. So his sponsor is going to pick it up and then drive it to base and like maybe fill it with gas if we're lucky, like fingers crossed that he does that, but he's going to drop it on base. So that way when Scott and I get in to the airport, we're going to, we're, we're trying to have Sato, which is the transportation office. We're trying to get them to change my flight because as of right now I'm flying into San Diego to fly out because Sato will only fly me out of San Diego. We're trying to get it so that we land within 20 minutes of each other. So he can go to the quarantine station, get the dog. Cause he's on that, that he's the co-owner right? and he's on the paperwork, which is smart or, um, or vice versa. And then we would just 
get to the hotel and then he would take an Uber and go pick my car up from where it's at. So it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a game plan ish, you know, you, big picture game plan. Yeah. Well, as it stands right now, um, he called Sato. Sato said, Hey, like, cause he wanted to change my flight. He, he insisted on Alaska. We got an Alaska flight cause Alaska takes cab pets and cabin. My dog's under 25 pounds, um, which is fine. But <laughs> so now they're saying that like, okay, but like we only allotted this amount. And so I'm still flying in one day extra, which I didn't do the math in my stupid head and realize I was gonna be in San Diego for two nights. And so we're trying to flip it to me flying out and him flying out on the 17th. Wait, me flying out the 16th, staying one night and then me basically meeting him at the airport and flying mm -hmm. out together, as if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, well, the flights will kind of precede each other, like in the sense of he's on a different flight, but he should be landing at the same time, roughly. So, because I don't want to do this alone. Yeah. I've already had to fly with the dog by myself. And that was, it was fine. But I mean, you know, I've never done that before. So there's a lot of things I've had, haven't never done and I'm doing them now. And I'm like, it's weird. <laughs> so, the, but I don't, I don't know. The, the, the thought of someone taking my baby from me, my dog and putting it in a quarantine facility just terrifies me. And I didn't want to do it alone. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think too, after the year that, you know, you've had and, and a lot of people have had, mm -hmm. there's that feeling, you know, it, you shouldn't have to, to do it alone because you've done so much alone already and you've done a lot of stuff alone very successfully, but it's, it's time for you to, to have your, your person help. Oh my you gosh. I, I so agree. And it's, it's funny because, um, well, it's not funny, but like we chose to be vulnerable about our reintegration experience, just like you and your partner did. Mm -hmm. And that is, we've had people message us being like, I didn't know how to put into words, how I was feeling or. It's um, therapeutic to sit right. down and lay it out. Exactly. And so, um, you know, as reintegration gets easier and easier and easier, and there's the light at the end of the tunnel, it also gets like more stressful. Cause you're like, okay, but there's only like two things left and ah, but we're at the home stretch. And when I, I'm, I really truly mean it. And I don't want your listeners to come from this and go, wow, she's so negative. I'm not negative at all. I just, it's a lot like, and yeah. you know what, like if you're doing this on your own, you're freaking badass. That's great. Like I'm congratulations. Like you, I tip my hat to you friends because that's hard. And there's so many people I've heard of, of having to just geo bash for themselves. Like my friend on the Island, Amanda, her husband's on a new ship that just commissioned and they're home porting in Hawaii, but he's not home porting in Hawaii until December. So she's by herself and she's done one, two, three PCSs by herself. Yeah. And she doesn't even have kids and she's still trying to figure out how to get the dogs there. So she's kind of like using me as a ping pong to like, what do I do next? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask because it, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, but the, your best and your best guess is really all that you can do in this situation. But I've also seen horror stories of people waiting. It's, oh, it's almost 48 hours. The army's not issuing my main ticket, this, that, and the other, what's going on. Have patience because it's still a pandemic. You're going to get there. The military will get you there. And I, it might not be pretty and it might not be the easiest way, but you'll get there. Yeah. And once you're there, you can kind of acclimate. So Oconus is just a little more padding, a little mm -hmm. more cushion. Doesn't make it any more easy though. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the theme in so many of, of the episodes that I've done and people that I've talked to with this PCS 101 series is that the ability to be flexible mm -hmm. and understand that 
things are going to be hard. They're, it's it's going to take a minute to, and you're going to have to figure out a lot of stuff, but just being a little bit more flexible can make a world of difference in that you are going to be challenged. You are going to be pushed. It is going to be stressful. You are going to be frustrated, but you get to go to a brand new place. You get to see new things. You get to do new things. You get to experience life in a different way that you wouldn't have necessarily have been able to previously. And I think that as long as you have a focus of the light at the end of the tunnel, the, the stress that you're going under right now, it doesn't lessen, but it becomes just a little bit more manageable. Absolutely. I mean, like if you had told me like two years ago with me coming into San Diego, that like I would have been handling as much as I was handling by myself, that I would be resilient, that I would have no control, but I would be okay in it. Like, I would tell you you're lying. Cause I was like, what? I'm not an adult. Like I, I could be making decisions, but, but, but really, and truly like there's so much, like it, not everyone can handle a pan deployment. Not everyone can handle a deployment. Not everyone can handle like the sacrifices that we make as spouses, whether you're male, whether you're female, I respect the crap out of you, no matter who you are. However, there is something to be said that resiliency is earned. It's not a, it's, it's, it's not a learned, well, I should say it's a learned skill over time, but not everyone is able to be resilient and strong and independent and those kinds of things. And that's hard. And something the pandemic taught me was that I have a hard time letting people in because I knew what I needed to get done and I just couldn't let anyone take the lead. And it's been really hard to give up some of that control. Like my husband calls me posse Bianca, which I hate. Um, Cause I used to be called that as a child. And I see myself doing it still like where I'm steamrolling him. And I'm like, I'm so sick of taking the ball into the end zone. And then you just like, you know, doing a touchdown dance. Like I'm the one doing all the things. So remind yourself that like it is a partnership and that if they're deployed or whatever, like there's, if they're smart, your, your service member should know how to get these things done. But if your service member is confused or has questions, like for instance, my friend Emily with like the holy shit all over furniture is broken. Like, what do we do? Let me call Bianca because her husband used to work in financing. Like, let me see what to do. Mm-hmm. Is this normal? Like always reach out to your spouse network because there's power in numbers. There's always someone who has done it before or might have advice or, mm-hmm. um, and then also, if you feel like something's fishy or remiss or, or sorry, not remiss, but amiss, something's wrong, go with your gut. Yeah. That's wrong. It's not right. Like this seems weird and ask a friend or ask, not that's the command, but you know, ask more of your service member because you're, there's always a million avenues. Yeah. And reach into your tribe too. I think, you know, we stress so much about the importance of having a tribe and having a spouse network because it does help a ton. There is always a spouse who's gone through, like Bianca said, there's always a spouse who's gone through what you've gone or knows someone who's gone through what you've gone or have experienced something, you know, similar to what you've gone through where they can offer sound support, sound by sound wisdom. And, and again, like Bianca said, there are strength in numbers. There is strength in your spouse network, in the network of your service member as well. And so leaning into those when you are unsure or uncertain is so crucial. And again, it's not going to lessen the stress of what you're going through or, or, 
but it'll make it more manageable and it will make it feel less like this mountain that's yeah. that's waiting on you because it can become overwhelming if you don't you know keep it in check and, and I know that at least for me when we PCS the first time we just had a conus move but it was one of the first big moves I have, I ever did, you know, mm, and it was, it was stressful yeah. as, you know, trying to remember things. And granted, I had a ton of help, like my parents helped and, you know, my, my partner was great, but it takes, it takes a lot from you. And so leaning into that network yeah. is just helpful. It's so yeah. helpful. Yeah. And I, I guess I have some more advice, just a little bit more advice for your, for your listeners or people who are listening in is um, something that's really important and just good advice. I think I've shared this before on maybe a previous episode, or at least I've told you that my husband gave me the best advice ever when we were moving. And he said, what do you want to change about yourself? Cause this next chapter is unwritten, right? Not that anything I needed to change about myself, but like, what do you want to like, what's a goal you want to work towards at this next duty station? Mm-hmm. So for me, the first duty station, it was like, I'm moving to this place, but I, there's some familiarity. Like I've got some friends here that I've known for a really long time, but you know, I want to like be myself unequivocally crush that goal. Got it. Great. Pandemic kind of helped. Therapy helped <laughs> all of that. Um, thank you to try care for that lovely thing. Man. Okay. Excuse me. I keep burping. <laughs> You're fine. Oh, gross. Um, but, uh, this is something that like is just powerful advice that I've shared with many spouses now and they feel like that's a really good advice. Also, um, something my captain's wife from my previous command shared with me that was really important was, um, you know, never think of yourself as temporary or temporary status is actually what makes you um, a champion. And actually it makes, means that you'll work two times as hard. And, you know, now that there's been a pandemic, if you want to work, never mind if it's, if it's so conus, like if you do want to work, there's so many more remote opportunities and there's so many more outlets now mm-hmm. than there were. So, there, that's something to take kind of, you know, stick that feather in your cap and think about it. And so for me moving to Hawaii, um, it's a focus on my marriage with my husband. We've been married almost four years. And um, we also, I guess for me, like what I want to change moving forward is I'm coming to a completely clean slate. Yeah. I've got some friends that are on the Island and stuff that have known me a long time, but they've always known me as me. They've never known me like previous of dating. They've never known me previous of other things. They just always know me with my husband. So we're coming to Hawaii with a, with a mustache. Scott's got a mustache (laughs) and I'm coming in as a content creator and I, we don't know where things are going to go, but something you realize when you're moving is that the trash takes itself out. So these friendships that you're, you know, kind of that aren't serving you, you have a reshuffle. It's a lot of grieving. I've Mm -hmm. lost a lot of friends in the last week. That's been very painful, but it's okay because if you think about it, it's at the end of the day, not everyone can be there for you when you need them the most. And the best advice I can give your listeners is to rely on yourself and your partnership more than anything else. Don't expect that friends are going to be there for you in high places. Like your support system should be you and your partner. And if you don't got yourself, how's anyone else going to have you, you know? So you have to just focus. This PCS time is very important to focus on your relationship. No, definitely. And I think that that is a really awesome piece of advice to end on in that throughout all of this stress and everything is being able to come together, focus on what really matters and what's really important and what's really fruitful and building. 
is just so important. And so Bianca, I want to thank you so much for being a guest again and talking us through an Oconus PCS, the stress that you've been under and being open and honest about that and sharing that with us. And then also sharing just some pro tips about the preparation that goes into it, especially with pets and everything like that. And so if you are new to Call to Marriage, again, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you have questions, if you want to reach out, if you are new to this military spouse life or you're a significant other, new significant other to a military spouse, uh, military member, reach out to the podcast. You can email us at ask.ctmpodcast.gmail.com. DM us on Instagram at Call to Marriage. If you have questions that you want me to field to Bianca, totally send them my way. I'll also include all of Bianca's links in the episode um, post on Instagram and Facebook so that you guys can look through it later. And I'll also link our other episode as well, because I think that one was also just so much fun. And it was about imposter syndrome with being a military spouse. And it was just so fruitful. So again, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please like rate and subscribe as it helps so much. And I will talk to everyone again later. Thank you. And bye.